Coming up on Outcast UK. Yeah, it was a big... Yeah, but you were alive. You were yeah. f***ing born. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Every week, Kev wants to th- throw me under the age bus. I- I'm in no. a happy relationship with another woman and a man. The other woman in this relationship and me go back years, long before he turned up. Oh, God, that doesn't sound good. This is the UK's hottest LGBTQ plus podcast. Outspoken. Outrageous. UK. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. Welcome. Hi, Kev. Hi. Queer News, um, what are we going to describe you as? What, what would you identify as? Guru. I'm a guru. <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. Or Queer a, News Guru. Or a GNU. <laughs> okay, that's a good uh, description. I we'll... think my medication's wearing off. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway. stick that at the bottom of your emails from now on. <laughs> uh, coming up on the show, Topher is back on with more help for some of your sex and relationships stuff queer sex quandaries uh, get in touch on play outcast uk on tiktok instagram and threads if uh, you want to get your question answered in the dms kev what's coming up from the queer news mr beast oh and lesbians <laughs> we need you to sing jingles there don't we <laughs> Get that in there somewhere. First though, Kev, what is going on? Cheers, Graham. Alex Scott says she's still feeling the impact of her queer solidarity at the Qatar World Cup and not in a good way. The TV presenter wore a One Love armband in opposition to laws there that can see gay people sentenced to death. A stand followed a U-turn over plans for the captains of nine countries to wear it after FIFA threatens them with yellow cards. Alex was commended at the time for her bravery, but there was also abuse, and she tells GQ it hasn't stopped. I feel like it's ongoing. After Qatar, I had to disappear. And that's the cost because the abuse, everything goes with it, the hate, the death threats. And do you know what? It's actually sad that I'm like, it's nothing new. A star of one of the world's top YouTube channels is officially coming out as a trans woman. Chris Tyson's a collaborator of Mr Beast, who I've totally heard of because I am modern. She's got a new way of spelling a name, some new pronouns, and says she's been confident in her identity for over a year now. Chris has been telling Anthony Padilla's YouTube channel she initially struggled to accept herself. There was a voice in the back of my head that just hated me. Everything I did hated me. And it wasn't until like I started accepting myself and just listening to what my body wanted, like that's when that voice started going away, started taking HRT. Haven't heard from that voice in a very long time. A lesbian couple's claiming a victory for equality after a U-turn by the local NHS over access to fertility treatment. Whitney and Megan Bacon-Evans from Windsor say they've been told same-sex couples will now be treated like heterosexual partners. The pair were going to the High Court after learning they'd have to pay for private treatment to be eligible for NHS help locally, but this wasn't required of straight couples. If you're in the US and your parents won't go to your LGBTQ plus wedding, no matter, there's a website providing substitute mums and dads. Stand In Pride was created by Daniel Blevins from Tennessee after seeing stories online of queer people being let down. The Gay Dad of Two was also inspired by a similar service called Free Mom Hugs, started by a woman from Oklahoma City who'd offered herself as a substitute. Daniels attended a few weddings himself as a replacement dad. He's been speaking to ABC News and they're responsible for the jaunty background music. I've had the privilege of having accepting parents and family, so I realise not everyone has that and i just want the lgbtq plus community to know that they're not alone 
um, those of us that are older, like myself, are there for them as well as our allies. And in whatever capacity they need us, we're going to be there for them. Both sites provide stand-ins for other life events as well, plus support to LGBTQ plus people. Nearly half of young people in America reckon misgendering someone on purpose should be a criminal offence. A survey for Newsweek finds that's what 44% of those aged 25 to 34 think. Across all age groups, though, just 19% agree. And an LGBTQ plus armed forces charity supporting the idea of a statue of Alan Turing in Trafalgar Square. It was first mentioned in the Commons by Defence Secretary Ben Wallace. He thinks the gay World War II codebreaker should be honoured on the fourth plinth there. The Fighting with Pride charity says Turing's achievements changed the world and it would be incredible to recognise him like this. And that's your queer news from Outcast UK. Thanks, Kev. Once again, lots to chew through. What do you like, eh? Um, so... <laughs> what is it with the lots to chew through? There's lots to chat about. Maybe I should say that. Lots to chew. I think I just enjoy the idea of chewing through stuff. Mm. Um, nearly half of all young people in the US believe that misgendering someone on purpose should be a hate crime. I did not see this coming. Feels a bit much. Think to, it feels uh, a bit much. To, you actually want people in prison for this. Because if people are doing that, I think they're either ignorant or being dickish. And is yeah. that enough to put someone in prison for? Dickish. Every fucker's going to be in prison. <laughs> I, I think that the, the key bit in this is misgendering someone on purpose, mm. which... But maybe we should split it up into, you know, they have murder one, two, and three. Right, yeah. You know, murder in the first degree is really bad. Mm. Murder in the second degree, quite bad. Well, you, you, yeah. you, death penalty for murder number one, isn't it? Number two, life in prison. Murder three, what, what would we call it here? Manslaughter, we call it here. I feel like it's almost like there's different grades of sort of misgendering someone. But if you do it like you see some people do in the media at the moment to get some traction where they'll deliberately misgender someone and it's cruel and yeah. performative... So we're we saying hate crime. Is that, that what we're saying? That's what they're saying there. Yeah, and I mean, then realistically, like, how, how are you going to round up loads of people and throw them in prison? I mean, I, I can understand that this could be weaponized by people on the far right who'd be like, "Look at this, it's gone too far." You know, when they yeah. sort of call people like woke fascists or something, yeah. you're like, "Well, them two things don't really go together. They kind of cancel each other out." You know what I mean? Um, my fears have always been that we're kind of going backwards more recently. You know, with a lot of stuff that's happened. How many individual, 500 individual bills introduced onto the floors of state legislatures in the US that are anti-trans, anti-LGBTQ. Yeah. And you always think the future is a frightening place. But then you see stats like this and you're like, well, that does mean that kind of Gen Z and millennials get it when it comes to this stuff. Like, try having a conversation about this sort of thing with someone of my mother's generation. Were you going to say your age then? No, because I'm still, listen... Because you, you are quite old now. I'm still a millennial. What am I again? We've I think we've talked about this before. I know, I'm never quite sure what I am You're not generally, old. and also in terms of millennial. What Gen year X. were you born? You were in the seventies. Seventy-seven. Wow. Uh, I'm like um, You're an X ennial, so you're between Generation X, ge- Generation Y is millennial. Gen Z is Gen Z. Oh, X Y Z. Inside of my head is itching now. I don't understand. You're Gen uh, yeah, an X ennial, so you're somewhere between Generation With Aries X. rising. Yeah, because it's all the same. You're somewhere between Generation X and Generation Y, but Generation Y is millennials because we come mm. of age in like 2000, because I was 17 in the year 2000, so literally a classic millennial. But like, anyone born p- post like 1980, between 1980 and 1995, you're a millennial. 1995 yeah. onwards, you're Gen Z. So there we go, that's explained. But like my mum in particular, she wouldn't get any of this. She like she she what struggles. Would you, what would you 
Clash your mummers. A boomer. Well, well, well <laughs> we're looking for a less polite term. <laughs> Depends what mood I'm in with yeah. my mum. We had this discussion the other day that I had to shut the... A lot of people have this experience, like, so I'm a millennial, my mum is a boomer, and there's this classic tension between millennials and boomers, largely because boomers were able to, not that I'm generalising here, but were able to leave school at 16 with not a qualification to the name, and I know, oh, I own two houses. That must yeah. be magical and amazing, yeah. not just that's where the wealth has fallen. Uh, and we also differ hugely in terms of values. Me and my mum are classic millennial boomer struggle, right? So my mum sat downstairs at my house the other day. She'd come around and uh, she'd had a glass of wine, which is often a bad idea with her. <laughs> and then she's going like, what is it? LGBT? Oh, it's all confusing. It's gone too far. And I was shut on the back door, so the neighbours couldn't hear. It's like, mum, I'm known for by some people making a podcast about these very issues. I don't need my neighbours here and my mum spew anti-LGBTQ <laughs> hate at my back doors. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I fear that like, <laughs> I'm happy to hear that Gen Z are taking it that seriously. But um, just wait till um, the boomers get their hands on this one. They'll be mm. fearful. We'll all be in prison next. You know what they're like. Outcast UK with Graham Smith. Tofa is on the line right now, live from... SW9, how is it? It's good, it's good. It's loud. It's loud. <laughs> As usual. Okay. Um, so we've been helping loads of people out um, on this run of Outcast UK on Virgin Radio Pride. And if you want to get in touch, you can through our socials, play Outcast UK uh, on uh, Instagram and TikTok. Drop us a DM on there. Happy to answer your questions. Um, Jess in Brighton's been on. She says, Hi, hi both. Oh, so both of us cute. We're getting things to yeah, both of us now. Hi, both. <laughs> I'm in a happy relationship with another woman and a man. The other woman, in, oh, your reaction then, you were like, I like oh, it. oh, you like it. Okay. I thought for a yeah. second you didn't approve. Uh, I'm no. in a happy relationship with another woman and a man. The other woman in this relationship and me go back years, long before he turned up. Oh, God, that doesn't sound good. Oh. It's the way it was written. Our sex life yeah. has always been free and open, but recently I found him and her in bed with each other and I've started to feel left out. I like my setup, but I feel isolated now. How do I fix this? Jess in Brighton. Topher, over to you. You just opened your eyes with that, oh, kind of... Yeah, because I mean, that, that's like, oh, that's the thing that starts with... Uh, it's, anything that wakes up the idea of inadequacy, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's painful when that comes into relationships, situations, even like non-monogamous, you know, yeah. or like open, whatever, or like, you know, group. That We can give you 15 different things to do, but we, you need to have a conversation. Because if it's hurt you to the point where you're writing messages, you know, you, you need to speak about this to them. You have to. Um, there's, a, I mean, these these relationships, you know, with, with more than one partner, it, they need to be based on communication and boundaries. Yeah. And if, they, if, they, if that, that's not established, it's kind of set up for failure. It's like the Titanic. It is, isn't it? Yeah, like communicate. And uh, I could never be in like a situation with more than one person unless I communicated the boundaries and the limits, and everyone's got their rules, and that you know, you know, their their safe word almost, so to speak. You know, you got to go past a certain point, and then no, you can't do that. It's difficult for but, me to. Um... <laughs> I understand that that's probably an appealing setup. I'm not going to say there's anything wrong with what you're doing because you can do what you like. And, you know, if it works for you, it works for you. But for me, I feel like it would be a really hot idea. If me and Steve had a third who lived in the house, uh, yeah. I, I just know that, like, um, I, I imagine the feeling when you've come home from work. And like, what have you been doing? Oh, you've been f 
I, I just I just imagine that mm. how that would I don't know for me that would make me feel pretty awful if I I I just I just personally struggle to establish any yeah any any trust yeah, as a result that, of that. This is why it needs to be communicated. You know that we can give them fifteen different scenarios, but at the end of the day, you've got to have a conversation. You've got to because otherwise, the, trust me. I mean, even from like her reaching out here, you know, the poison's already in the well. You know. The less drain the well, yeah. <laughs> because this will not. The, the, these things do have a tendency to stagnate and get quite toxic quite fast. So, because uh, what's going to happen the next time, the reaction is going to be tenfold. Yeah, what it would, what it would. So just, I mean, as soon as you hear this show, say something, yeah, or just send like maybe you've got a group chat or something when you're all at work, and just maybe just bring it up. I know it can be difficult to make yourself vulnerable, and I think with a lot of relationships that you know do. Uh, are more than just two people or like things which are non-monogamous. I think everyone is in this silent battle to be the most liberal, to be the most open one, to be the most unoffended of them all, you know, to be the, the one who, but just make yourself vulnerable because at the end of the day, all that's going to do is either resolve your problem for you or build the intimacy or let you know that maybe you don't need to be in this anymore. Everything that you need from this situation is going to come from opening up the lines of communication isn't it it's either going to resolve it or it's going to tell you what you need to know to make yourself feel better but you can't just say anything can you i get i I feel for her that that's tough that that would have that would cut like i mean i'm i struggle i struggle personally with the idea of like i'd love to be what i think people assume that i am but now i'm i'm i I like i'm i like guys to be mine i'm very selfish no, you you understand your emotional boundaries and your emotional needs. Like I like I said, like there's times when I think, "Wow, oh, what a great idea! That'd be lots of fun." And then, uh, and then reality yeah. bites, and I'm like, "What about when I'm in a really bad mood and I've come in from work and I'm fuming?" And then and the tea's on, and then you know all of that real life stuff yeah. comes in, and you, know, you two have been shagging. I thought, no, not for me. Yeah, not for me. It didn't work for me. But yeah, I could talk about it because, like I said, it, it will stagnate and fast. Yeah, sounds like that. Listen. Uh, Tofa, appreciate that. Jess and Brighton, I hope that I hope that um, helps a bit. I mean, it's all about the communication. Tofa, thank you. Shall I see you here next week? You shall. You shall. I wish I was in Brighton. Yeah, I want to go for a walk on Brighton Beach right yeah, now. Yeah, no, I'm always saying I need to go down to Brighton, and then and then I realise how long it takes from here, and I go well, maybe another time. I'll be in Spain <laughs> quicker. Play Outcast UK on TikTok and Instagram. Just search Play Outcast UK. It's Graham and Kev. Oh, sound like a double act. <laughs> like Hinge and Brackage. Yeah. And for listeners under the age of 70, Hinge and... We used to get called that years ago when we, like, do shows together sometimes. Yeah. Our boss called us Hinge and Bracket. Uh, hinge and Bracket, just to... Just to we're a comedy duo. Um, one of them died recently. Just to bring things down. Um, Hinge and Bracket were elderly intellectual female musicians. Well, they're not female, are they? No. No, they're not. They're just dressed like a pair of our women. Yeah. Um, That's it, essentially, isn't it? Here they are, live from the London Palladium in 1987. It's before my time. It's before my time. It's not before your time, is it? What, when I was four? Yeah, I was a big... Yeah, but you were alive. You were fucking born. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? Every week, Kev wants to throw me under the age bus. I'd like to throw you under any bus, to be honest, yeah. and drive it myself. <laughs> Alex Scott, the former Lioness and Arsenal player, um, wore an armband in support of LGBTQ plus people at the World Cup in Qatar. It got lots of coverage and she received a torrent of abuse for it. Mm. Uh, well done. Can we just round of applause for Alex Scott? 
fair play to you because that can't have been an easy decision to make. Um, as a woman of colour on the TV who's a footballer that's probably experienced a lot of knuckle-dragging sort of behaviours, yeah. she's just gone, nah, no, okay, this is what I stand for, which is more than we can say for the entire England squad. And I like some of them individual England players. Like um, Jordan Henderson in particular, I I, mm. I think he's sound. He's normally really good and he wears his rainbow laces and stuff on the pitch. But when it came to the World Cup in Qatar, they all just were like, well, we fought hard enough. We, we can't go on with these armbands. And, you know, the same went for a lot of national teams, but she stood there, she stood strong and fair play to her. But uh, ridiculous the amount of um, pushback there's been from it. She gave an interview in GQ um, and she was saying sexism, classism, I get it all. So for me, uh, going to Qatar and that happening, I was like, here we go again. She knew right away, apparently, that there was going to be um, a backlash coming. And she said, afterwards, I went into hiding in Qatar after uh, all of this kicked off at an event that she was at. I was scared to leave my hotel. My only escape was the gym upstairs. I remember walking in and one of the cleaners said, we see and thank you so much. It made whatever I'm going through right now think this is worth it for that. I can see that. Imagine someone approaching you on the download that's really appreciated what you've Mm, done for them, making them feel seen. Especially when you're feeling as under siege as she, because she knew she was putting her head right in the firing line. Yeah. She said that after the World Cup, she uh, she said, I had to escape and go somewhere for a bit for months. I just went off the grid and I thought, wow. And then I realised she was off the grid in Barbados. <laughs> She's on a big holiday. Yeah. Um, but she just the incredible amount of pushback that there's been from that. And I think you can tie this in. There's someone who's done a brilliant job of standing up for what she thinks is right and really feeling the consequences, but still standing strong. Yet a lot of footballers that we thought were on our sides are only on our sides up to a point until the money comes in. Yeah. Remember yeah. David Beckham? I was going to say, you're thinking of anyone in particular there? David Beckham. I'm thinking of, you know, uh, plenty of footballers from the Premiership that are on side with us, you know, wearing the, the, the rainbow armband and that in the Premier League games. And then as soon as the Saudi Arabian money came in, they're over there because, yeah. you know, Saudi Arabia spent £6 billion on sports washing, they're calling it, yeah. as they build up their, their footballing scene over there. And if only everybody had all of the morals of Alex Scott, I think the world would be a better place. Outcast UK. Alan Turing. Wow, inform, educate and entertain. That's what we do here. That's what we do. And Alan Turing, for those who... Everyone knows who Alan Turing was, really, don't they? Alan Turing was a war hero who cracked the Enigma Code with a big team of people at Bletchley Park in the 1940s. Top secret thing that allowed us to uh, in, uh, know where Germany's U-boats were going to be and win the Battle of the Atlantic, which was an, a, an attempt to kind of starve us into submission by not allowing by not allowing any ships into the UK. And his efforts leading that team and creating the very first computer was the first computer, wasn't it? I don't know. I'm, I'm very impressed by your knowledge. You paid attention in history class. I did. I did history at uni, history A level. Got an A. Wow. Yeah. Um, it all fell apart after that, of course. <laughs> I left uni after six months to become full time fabulous, as we know. <laughs> <laughs> I was only part time before then. So yeah, Alan Turing did all that without a doubt. A, a, a legend. Without the cracking of the Enigma code and us finding out where German U boats were. The UK would have lost the war. We'd have been starved into submission by um, the Germans sinking our ships in in the in the um, in the Atlantic. Not only did he do that, Alan Turing. He also um, I was reading this week about he was 
invented the, the world's first computers, invented modern computing as, as, as we know it. Alan Turing came up with it at the University of Manchester. Is this the Amiga 500 Plus? And also uh, did a load of development work in AI. I mean, some of the stuff that you read that he's done, that he was doing in the 1940s and 50s is incredible. Yeah, very prescient. For those who don't know, um, he had, a, for someone who was a hero, one of the greatest British people of all time, as a queer man, he had to keep his queer tendencies on the down low. And he, a young man of ill repute, came back to Alan Turing's for what we'd now know was a hookup. That's what I think it was. And that man stole... What did you call it back then? A dalliance. A dalliance, maybe. yes. And that young man stole an item of jewellery. So Alan Turing reported it to Manchester police, who came round and didn't investigate the robbery. They investigated what they thought was a queer encounter, and he was prosecuted for being a queer man. And his um, uh, his sentence involved him being chemically castrated, mm-hmm. and in the end, he killed himself off the back of that. Yeah. There was a man who was one of the greatest British people of all time, invented the modern computer, which is literally the foundations of our economy since the nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties, and we treated him like that and it's appalling I feel like it's a bit like recently we've been talking a lot about service personnel that were kicked out of the military because the military police would investigate them and worked out that they were homosexual and these people lost pensions yeah ruined their lives destroyed them yeah yeah yeah. Um, and have their medals taken off them which I thought was a a cruel twist yeah it is it's very cruel Especially if they've done things that have, you know, these are people that took part in, these are people who've had amazing military careers, who've done mm. really brave things, and then they were kicked out of the military. You're like going to take all that talent and expertise and throw it in the bin and shame them. For what? Yeah. It's outrageous, really, isn't it? So, uh, Ben Wallace, the Defence Secretary. Now, you know, we sometimes there's a bit of criticism on, generally, in the LGBTQ community towards the Conservatives, to be fair to them, and I never really say that. <laughs> you won't be allowed back in Liverpool now, will you? You've been fair to the Conservatives, you traitor. <laughs> well, only on here. <laughs> uh, they recently uh, did a load of work in removing some of them historical convictions for um, being um, queer in the armed forces a few weeks ago. Fair play to them for that. And this one is uh, Ben Wallace, the Defence Secretary, uh, mentioned in the Commons that Alan Turing should be on the fourth plinth in Trafalgar Square. Yeah, it sounds like a good idea. He's already on banknotes, isn't he? Although Sadiq Khan, the London mayor, that is not so keen on that. He says, you know, that what we do is we keep rotating yes. you know, different things on there and that's what we're going to keep doing. I, I do think it sounds like a nice idea. Sounds like a nice idea. I'll get a fifth plinth. Exactly, get a fifth plinth. <laughs> They're not short of space, are they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, th- that They're going to need one for you at some point, so... They will. You know. they. Will. I don't mind doing a quick turn on the fourth. <laughs> As long as people bring me like warm drinks, I'll yeah. stay there for a few weeks. Yeah, like David Blaine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I'll do. That's what I'll do. Uh, but yeah, that, that would be incredible. Yeah, if they do that. Um, and think of the. I know these sound like like. What's the term that people use? Virtue signalling. I hate that yeah. as a phrase. I don't think that is though, because you know we're going well beyond it just being an LGBTQ plus thing. You know, he's a hero. He's a, yeah, he's a, he's a genuine hero. And what he did had the most massive implications, can't say implications, for the future of this country. Totally, 100%. It's not a gay thing. And how, from an LGBTQ plus perspective, how... Think of how it makes you feel when you see someone who's like you that has been celebrated like that. Yeah. 
you yeah. know, it has an effect on all of us, whether you say it does or it doesn't, whether you say it's virtue signaling or not, it has an effect on you. You see someone, you feel seen, yeah. you feel at least a bit valued. And I think that, you know, there's something to be said for that. Although he does make me feel a bit inferior because, you know, he's cracking Enigma code. The fuck have I done? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Makes snidey comments on a radio station and a podcast. <laughs> Generally speaking, it's best not to compare yourself against the greatest minds in all of history. Yeah, yeah. That's probably not a fair barometer, is it? No, not really. Um, do you know what, Alan, do you know what the, the one thing they did do to celebrate Alan Turing, and I'm sure he'd be very proud to hear this, in the chippy around the corner from mine, there's a picture of him on the wall with, <laughs> a, little, with a little rainbow flag around it. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Kev, I'll see you next week. Well, you might. <laughs> I will. Outcast UK on TikTok and Instagram. Just search Play Outcast UK.